0: Me, me, me. Bing, bong. Come. Captain Picard, five minutes until showtime. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Wolf. Again from the top, please. The line must be drawn here? No, no, listen. Like this. The line must be drawn here. Oh, okay. The line must be drawn here? You've got the emphasis all wrong. It's the line must be drawn
1: here. This far, no farther. Forget it, dummy. Next one. It's hard, you know. You've helmed your own one-man show, after all. You have commanded your one-man show. Oh, Jesus Christ. Come. Captain, two minutes until showtime. You are cutting it closer than a mid haircut. I know, I know, Lieutenant Wharf,
0: but this dumb me just can't hit his lines right. One more time.
1: Shut up, Crusher! Shut up! Crusher? Oh, face bomb! Uh, okay, Captain. Uh, Three, two, one... Uh, Showtime! It's time to start the music! It's time to light the lights! It's time to get things started! On Sttngs. Hey, have you ever wondered what Picard would be like if someone pulled that Klingon pain stick out of his ass? Well, find out in this exciting episode of Sttngs. Not another Star Trek podcast coming at you right about now. Oh, okay. nice. Welcome, wonderful, everybody. Wonderful. Thank you for taking time out of your only life to enjoy some uh, next-gen tomfoolery. I'm Ambassador Andrew, and with me, as always, is... Commander Davey Dave. Commander Davey Dave. He's in charge of making sure your heart is open when it comes to star trek the next generation. Oh man, my, my heart is open for all 178 episodes, Andrew. So, for those of you just tuning in for the first time, STTNG's on their Star Trek podcast is our personal retrospective of Star Trek the Next Generation. We're going through every single episode, Commander Baby Dave. Every I single know episode, we're
0: retrospecting each and
1: every one of these 48-minute gems. And at this point now, we are on Season 3, Episode 18. And it's a little gem we call Allegiance. Yeah, a little stinker.
0: It starts off with Picard chilling in his cabin when he's mysteriously beamed away to a room with four new friends. A seemingly random mix of aliens, including a Starfleet cadet. While Picard attempts to get the quartet to work together and solve their escape room, his doppelganger commands the Enterprise. Oh, no. Riker and the crew become suspicious when the faux Picard starts giving dangerous orders, flirting with Bev and singing with the crew intent forward. La 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 Me, 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 me. Will the real Picard escape in time to save his crew? Will Faux become the stepfather Wesley has dreamed of?
1: <laughs>
0: Will someone get Essoc some orthodontia? Find out in this exciting episode of ST TNGs, not another Star Trek <laughs> I never. <laughs>
1: Jeez, Louise. I never, oh I never my got gosh. my Edith
0: Bunker singing it down. I, you know, I've been promising that for years. <laughs> oh, <gee!
1: laughs>
0: it's so funny that that lady um, from the original series, she's an opera singer, yes. I think. And she sang Who, who uh Gene Stableton? <laughs> yeah. But there's this The original, I don't know. You know, not everybody has seen all the original episodes, and but even so, if you have, if you haven't seen the first season, the first season intro has, the the, all the seasons have the same music. You know, the first two and a half seasons of that show, but in the first season, there's a a singer and she's singing and she's like literally screaming (laughs) in the background.
1: Original Star Trek. Well, I thought you were talking about All in the Family with Yeah, I was doing my. That's my own version of it. Okay. You said you're Edith Bunker, and I thought you were talking about Gene Stapleton was a Gene, opera singer, Gene and I'm like, Stapleton, uh, was Gene Stapleton ever on any of the Star Trek shows? No, 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 no. She had of much more important things to do. Of
0: course she wasn't. Anyway, sorry to sidetrack you there.
1: No, that's quite all right. You know what was happening? I got a little sidetrack, too, before we dive into this absolutely fascinating episode. I was watching the credits because Paramount Plus won't let you skip, and if you're living in the United States now, you watch it on paramount plus unless you have the dvds or something and i gotta tell you i i always like the beginning because i think it's a beautiful ship i i know it sounds dumb but i've always loved the look of the enterprise d but you know what i noticed is that there's viewports at the bottom (laughs) of the ship because there's that sort of dramatic angle where you're looking up at the bottom of the ship and i'm like Who's walking on those? Is there like a glass floor that people are going, ooh, look, space is below us. Oh, darling, come here. Look, space. Bigger, bigger, bigger. It's like a glass bottom boat, Buck. Bigger, bigger, bigger.
0: Excuse me, Twiggy. Please don't lay me down on the glass
1: where I have to look into the dead (laughs) void of space. That was Dr. Theopolis. I keep forgetting about Dr. Theopolis. Probably because the idea—for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there was a show called Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and there was a little robot. And, of course, this was during the Star Wars— Post-Star Wars. Gil Gerard played the eponymous Buck Rogers— And he had a little robot friend because that's what you did after Star Wars. And he wore this giant medallion that was actually, it looked very disco. It was a very disco-looking medallion. It was very 70s. But it was supposed to be a a living computer named Dr. Theopolis. Well, they
0: were trying to do R2-D2 and C-3PO in in whatever room that they invented shit in for that show. They're, like, brainstorming, and they're like, how do we do a different take on this, man? Yeah, how about C-3PO is a medallion that... That little dummy wears around his neck.
1: Call the folks up in fabrication. I want a robot medallion on my desk by tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, listen, boys, listen, listen. Make
0: sure the robot is played by a little person. That's that's what, you know, uh, oh, listen, no. listen.
1: The late the late Felix Sulla. I mean, God, uh, God rest know, his well, soul.
0: Billy Barty's busy. He's playing R2-D2. Oh, uh, no. who else? <laughs> who else do we have on the lot? Anybody else? Any other little guys? What about that guy from Fantasy Island? Do you think he could force him into some <laughs> kind of little metal suit? What do you think, guys?
1: Bigga, bigga, bigga. The spaceship. <laughs> Mark, it's the spaceship. Bigga, bigga. Hey, remember how oh, uh, last time when we were, we were talking about episode. Sins of the Father... And we said that we're now watching the Picard show. Well, we are definitely watching the Picard show now.
0: When you say Picard show, you're not talking about like our modern Picard show that is literally called Picard. But you're talking about how this show is now Picard focused. And so much of what's going to happen moving
1: forward is based around this character Picard. It is now the Jean-Luc Picard show co-starring the crew of the Enterprise D. This next episode after this one is is called Captain's Holiday, which is mega right. Picard. But this one is, this is like Picard and then another Picard. Who's your captain
0: now, dog? And it's not the way the show was intended. From all of our dreaming about what the show could be, I think in some ways... It needs to be something other than it is because so often they just cannot wrangle the secondary cast. They just can't seem to get their heads around the idea that you're going to have strong female characters or secondary characters that have any kind of
1: life of their own. The original series, Kirk Shatner was obviously meant to be the star. He's the captain. He's the dynamic force. And Spock sort of becomes a more popular character at some point. But it's always at least the Kirk, Spock, and McCoy show with more episodes focused on Kirk when he fights the Gorn, when he goes down for the Gamesters of Triskelion. There's plenty of episodes where you see Kirk on his own. But, but this was more of an ensemble show from the start. And you had the Kirk role split over Riker. I, and I think it's kind of inevitable because the other actors are fine. They're really wonderful. But, you know, Sir Pat, I mean, the guy is a world-class actor. But I think it says a lot about what the show is
0: doing and not doing right. We've enjoyed a number of really great episodes where they really worked. And here, again, they're falling back on things that are kind of surefire guarantees. And the biggest thing on this whole thing is Patrick Stewart. And the show itself just hasn't been able to get behind the mandate that Gene... put out in the beginning, which was that we're going to have a big cast of people. We're going to follow these characters. We're going to understand all of their stories. And God knows you got 178 hours of the show. There's totally enough time to explore all of these characters. They didn't know that at this point. I know it's only season three, but, you know, those things weren't working. And so when things aren't working, they seem to fall back on Patrick Stewart. This isn't the very first time.
1: This is just kind of the biggest time they do it. Well, I think it's the most obvious time. And they also fall back and ask him, like, you know, what do you think about this? Using Shakespeare in The Defector right. when they had originally just, dis- dis- you know, discussed using Sherlock right. Holmes. And they're like, oh, well, we can't use Sherlock Holmes. I wonder what we should do. Hey, Sir Pat. And he's like, oh, why don't you use Shakespeare? Shakespeare. <laughs> I love that. Hold on, fellas. It's so so listen,
0: listen, guys. You're paying me twice as much as everyone else.
1: Why not give me more time anyways? Listen, listen. <laughs> I mean, you're not paying me as much as I'm going to get when I'm the poop emoji oh my God. in the emojis I can't movie. can imagine
0: how much, how much money that guy made to play the poop emoji. It's, it's got to be, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, he at least made a million dollars and, and I'm sure he donated it to you know, one of his charities, but it, it's such silliness.
1: Well, and I'm sure that's what he was thinking too. It's like, ah, oh, it's a kid's movie. It'll be funny. Of and course. it's funny to. He's got a pretty, you know, he loves. I still remember him, him talking about how much he loves Beavis and Buddy on the David Letterman show. And they cracked him up so hard. <laughs> he loved it so much because they were so stupid. But, you know, the, the phone call where they're like, you know, ring, 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 ring. May I speak to Patrick Stewart, please? Hello? Patrick Hello? Stewart. Who's this now? Yes, I'm calling from the studio. We have a really dynamic role for you in a tentpole picture for the All summer. Right. We think this is something that the kids are going to love, the parents Hold are going to love. Honey, it's, get me a pad it's... of
0: paper. I've got to write this
1: one down. It sounds like a winner. And honestly, it's a role we think only you can bring alive.
0: Hmm. I, I don't have that many motion pictures left in me, so make this one
1: count. You know what I mean? And we thought of you when we, we put this character together. Two words for you. Poop emoji. Oh, my God. Dude. Honey. We were sitting around the table, and we said, who could play the poop emoji?
0: Only honey. one name. Listen, honey, listen. You'll, you'll never believe this. Luckily, Orson Welles is dead. They would have called him first. And, and 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 God rest his soul, Charlton Heston's gone too. So now it's down to me. Uh, honey, I'm going to be the new poop emoji. That's great, dear. Did you take out the garbage? That's great, honey. It reminds me of your underwear I just washed this morning. There's a little Sir Splat in it. <laughs> yeah, look, this guy's got a great sense of humor and he's definitely no stuffed shirt. And if you watch him, The only thing that I'm making fun of is the fact that I don't know when they started paying this dude a boatload of money, but he's already calling some shots on the show. So he obviously has some authority. And I just think it's funny that when the show is kind of scrambling to figure shit out, Patrick Stewart stepping in and he's doing what he can do. Like, hey, let me try to steer this thing. He's like, oh, no, let, let me do what I do. I can flipping act. I'll just act. You're not coming up with any better scripts. I'll just do my shit
1: better, man. One of the things that's interesting, though, about this is there's none of that tension on the TNG set that we heard about on on the original series set. Like, it's well documented that the other players had some serious issues with William Shatner.
0: Oh, they hated him. They hated that guy. Well, because he kept stealing lines
1: (laughs) and and like clogging up scenes and stuff and wanting the focus to be all on him. And I don't know if Stewart, like if they knew ahead of time, Stewart was going to take a more prominent role Or if they just went, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, we're not going to screw this up. This is an absolutely great deal. We're going to ride this gravy train till uh, all the way to the uh, end. And and from all the stuff that I've read about the behind the scenes, the first
0: season was a little rocky with Patrick Stewart. He's the only person that wasn't from the U.S. on the show. And he's coming from a completely different background. And he did a ton of TV, but it wasn't like this. The rest of the cast was trying to have fun. Kind of goof around behind the scenes on these really long days, and finally, when Stewart kind of got into that part of it, then they all gelled and were having a great time together. It's tough to be an actor, but when you think about what's going on behind the scenes with the production, how they're scrambling all the time, and people are running around and not turning in scripts, and having Gene write out scenes, and and all this behind the scenes stuff that was happening that wasn't part of the the cast stuff, but it right. didn't seem like that spilled over to the cast. I mean, these people, they still like each other. When you hear them interviewed about each other, they talk about each other warmly like this was a really strong group. That's the stuff that comes through when the show works. Like that's like you see those connections between right. the real people playing the the characters and and it's just fun to watch something that where even for all the stuff that we don't like that isn't working yet, especially with the female characters. It's fun to watch people enjoying at least to be in the same room with each other. They better
1: enjoy being uh, with Patrick Stewart because they got a lot of Patrick Stewart this episode. Oh, we got God. like double Picard. We got Picard, and then there's Picard. And then there's Picard. Two Picards are better than one. We've been here before. It's kind of a combination of two things. Like in, in Lonely Among Us, we had Possessed Picard. And then in Times Square, we had Picard from from the future, where the Enterprise is destroyed, who then gets thrown back in time and ends up on our Enterprise and is, is sort of in a, in a haze, as I think you refer to him as Dumb <laughs> When we were talking about that episode, hey, hey, because he was really just sort of out of it. There wasn't a lot of interaction. Well, between it the wasn't two of done them. well. This is an imposter playing Picard. And
0: in that situation, it was supposed yes. to be a version of Picard that came back. It wasn't very clear why he acted in the way that he did, but he was he was all messed up and he irritated the shit out of our regular Picard. Picard didn't like to see himself like that. No,
1: no. He was really angry about it to the point where he
0: murders alternate Picard this at Picard's the end. This a real butthole. That's funny because we were talking about these, yes. this alternate Picard, another alternate Picard, but not a double Picard back in yesterday's Enterprise. That Picard was, he was different than our Picard, but he was close enough to a Picard. He was a Picard that was shaped by war, right? But then I think sure. about this Picard from Times Squared where... He is irritated so much by his own self that he ends up killing himself. And that's our regular Picard making that decision. That's not it's not an alternate Picard doing
1: it. That's like an irritated Picard. And I think that's messed up. In Times Squared, his future self was just sort of befuddled and not really able to be the kind of person <laughs> I think that Jean-Luc Picard well, would want was to like be. Mumbling. It was like mumbling. It was And then at the end, Jean-Luc Picard, our Jean-Luc Picard is like, Captain Picard, look over here for a minute, <laughs> dummy. Huh? What did you say, okay. Come again. And then in lonely Ouch. lonely among us he's he just starts acting weird because he's been possessed by some cloud right, entity. right that's season one, right, and he's all like smiling but that, and like Hi, but how he's you not doing? A, is he a is he a duplicate No, right. he's not a duplicate, but what I'm saying is is that this particular episode is kind of like a combination I see, I see. of those all two right. things you got your doppelganger and then you got your goofy Picard it kind of runs those two together, but what I'm just saying is we've seen multiple. Oh man, I keep—I'm so tired of saying Picard. We've seen multiple Picards before, and now here we are again. Picard, Picard, Picard! I can't get enough of it, boys. And this is also an episode where they're trying to save some money and they're trying to save some time, which is why they spend so much time in that really tiny escape room where there's, you know, nothing in the way of details. It's just like, you know, hey, we gotta, we gotta catch this. uh, You know, they spend so much money on yesterday's Enterprise and on Sins of the Fathers. They're like, you know, we got to we got to speed up production here. And we got to do it on the R- cheap. Right. Boys. And, and so
0: both of those episodes we just we just watched. And they're both big in different ways. I mean, yesterday's had these ship battles and a totally alternate enterprise and costumes and, you know, Yar and Whoopi. And and so there were big things going on in that. And then Sins of the Fathers had these huge set pieces and and they recreated the Klingon homeworld and successfully. I mean, it was a great looking episode. I I, I wish they would spread it around a little bit more instead of going this route because, you know, this is this is a really cynical way of making television and they don't do it like this anymore because they want to keep viewers. But these shows sometimes land in places where they know there's not going to be a huge viewership. And so yesterday's enterprise was kind of right at the end of the year. So you had like the kind of peak viewership. So you knew you were going to get a big audience. Then they can land some of these they're calling ship and bottle shows, which are these self-contained enterprise shows at times when they know that the viewership is going to be down. So they don't have to worry about like, oh, you know, the real fans are going to watch this but and not care that much because they love the show. But this isn't going to keep anybody. It's not just that it's enterprise specific it's also that they just don't cover a lot of stuff so you could have the whole show exist on the enterprise and have people running around on the enterprise and have lots of enterprise sets but that is still a bigger production than what this was which was like a few sets and one set that they made which was this prison but they still aren't like everywhere on the enterprise it's a smaller shoot
1: well i also think It's a sign of how far the show has come just in these two short seasons. Even though I understand that you, you didn't enjoy this episode as much as I did, it's a typical kind of episode that we had seen in season one and season two, where there's a problem And they have to solve it. There's like a little mystery and they have to get to the bottom of it. You know, they're encountering weird things going on and they got to figure it out. Even though the story is probably not the most compelling story in the world. I think the acting is a great deal better. I think the interaction between the characters is a great deal better. The other three characters who are in with Picard in the escape room. They're more interesting characters and they have some really... Great appliances, not just forehead of the week, yeah. but in the in the case of a couple of the characters, like full face well, masks. The,
0: the character who plays the the cadet, yeah, yeah Ensign Haro, yeah, cadet Haro, cadet from that race in the original series. The people that were half black, half white.
1: The Sharons? no, she's All not right, a. That's Sharon, what I thought no. they were going for with her.
0: Have we seen those people before?
1: Yes, we saw them in Conspiracy, okay. if you remember when Picard has that meeting down on the planet, and he meets Captain Ricks, yes. who is played by the Hills Have Eyes yeah. guy. Okay. I, s-
0: okay, I get it. All right. The
1: other two we haven't seen before, and I don't know that we ever see again, um, which makes sense because, you know, you got a lot of races I out guess. there, especially Mr. Fall, who has a very elaborate... I don't know if that was supposed to be a hood or part of his head. I don't know. I but think I think that's really hood. good. And then Esok, who's the kind of giant, he looks like the Nosikans that we'll see later. He was an Esok of the Teeth Clan, I think, is what he was. Yeah, yeah. There are some there are some orthodontia issues there. Obviously, we've talked before about the fact that doubling and having doubles like Data and Lore, and then later on we'll have Riker's How many other uh, transporter twins? So that's that's Riker. We've got Data.
0: We've had a number of Picards. Is there anybody else who gets duplicated on this show? Just those. Okay.
1: No, seriously, no, and and no, no. They could have had more doubles, right? Like, imagine if you had like two Wharves or two Deanna Troyes. Absolutely. What about two Wesley Crushers? Yeah. What about that? Didn't we see my alternate self? And yesterday, and he really hurt my feelings. Shut up, Crusher. Uh, Bing bong.
0: Come. Ah, uh, Diana, having an empathic sensation yet? You haven't felt anything since Jeremy Astor's
1: mom exploded. Oh, Captain, it's not that. And by the way, that was a really traumatic moment for you to bring up. Can't you see I'm busy here
0: trying to read something or sip a bit of whiskey sour or do some
1: other bullshit? I'm sorry, Captain. It's my doppelganger. You know, Captain, I just can't stop thinking about her. Try putting her out of your mind.
0: I do. Why, I was ignoring both of you before you showed up here.
1: Well, I, I can't help thinking you know, she's better at, you know, empathy than I am. Oh,
0: Deanna, take it from me. You can't let your doppelganger get on your nerves like that. You know what I did to one of my doppelgangers? I killed his ass. Oh,
1: Captain.
0: Come, Jesus Christ. Can't an old captain get a little rest around here? Not
1: with all these doppelgangers around. Captain. Uh, Lieutenant Worf, what is it? I'm having complications with the other Lieutenant Worf on board. There, there.
0: You've been the only Klingon on this ship for almost three years now. I think there's enough room on this Galaxy class vessel for
1: one more forehead, don't you think? It's not that, Captain. It's. I've found out some troubling information. Okay. My double. <laughs> my double is having relations with counselor troy's double oh bye
0: <laughs> are you kidding me this is rich this commander ryker no
1: i'm will ryker and i'd like to join them
0: double double
1: cheese cheese burger burger please the most exciting thing about this episode to me is we get to meet Good Time Johnny. It 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 asks the important question, Dave. What if Picard really were a Riker? What if there were no Riker or they mashed the two of them hey. together and you had Piker <laughs> or right. Ricard or something like that. And and he is just like Riker. I mean, he likes to swing, baby. Well, I mean, he doesn't swing quite as hard as Riker does, but yeah, he was trying to get around. If he doesn't get a chance to build up enough momentum. You know what I like too is when Data notices there's like an energy issue in the captain's quarters, Riker's like, you know, Wharf, get over there and check it out. And they really just stroll over to his cabin. Okay. oh Someone's having a beverage. Oh, shit, I got it on the screen. I love the way you put your legs <laughs> you know what, on. You know what,
0: I, I want to talk about this on the show. I'm glad, I'm glad she brought that up. I, I, was, um, I was thinking about the fact that I invented a couple songs that, I mean, I don't want to get too excited about my songwriting skills, but I feel pretty good about a couple of the songs I wrote for this show that we're doing. And I gotta tell you, I, I'm starting to feel like what the what the oh, Beatles might have felt like. You know, you get to a point where you're like you're like, I can't I just cannot come up with something as good as why don't you uh put your uh, legs on what I put my head on or or um crusha crush i just I just
1: yeah, that's, that's, you've peaked. I don't want to peaked. peaked. I mean, that's what John Lennon, John Lennon didn't well, didn't. He took a huge break from recording because he felt that he peaked. I just, you I just know? I, I,
0: I'm, 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 I'm racking my brain and I can't, I mean, it, it, those songs came to me like inspiration, man. It's like, it's like, I was just yeah. like sitting there and then it, they just came to me and now I'm like trying, I, I'm, I'm really trying and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to get too crazy about this book because I have my own other artistic outlets, but you know, this is the one that was like, this could be a, a different, you
1: know if this other stuff doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, yeah. that Right. <laughs> that and naming um,
1: uh, sparkling water beverages. If you could somehow combine the two. Like a bridge over fruit explosion. <laughs> this one's fruit spray. The, the first thing, Doppelganger, All I'm just right, whatever, going, man. Just I'm it. just going to try to record this fucking bod- whatever podcast. Whatever works, man. So because the first thing doppelganger Picard does that get everyone in 10 up is like he changes the course for this pulsar. Right. It's interesting to me what, what the doppelganger Picard does that freaks people out because he does things like he drops in on the poker hey, game. What are you doing in here? Right. Yeah. And then he asks LeForge to do the dumbest thing, which is to take the engines. The engines are running at 93% efficiency. And he's like, could you take them up to 95 what is that? It just gotta lube something? I know. You got you you gotta, you gotta you got like a duct that's blocked or something. You just got to poke it out with a pencil. I mean, come on. Two percent efficiency on those. Well, engines. the
0: idea is that these people, whatever they're supposed to be doing, that are, have taken over Picard and that are exploring the Enterprise and testing the crew. And it's another testing episode where they're not entities. They've hijacked a Picard. They want to see what the crew will do. And it's funny because the crew will do a lot of stupid shit, apparently. Like, <laughs> Jordy's in the middle of his poker game and he's like, uh, don't worry. Geordie, don't do it right now. I'm just saying listen I wouldn't mind if I had a couple more percentages of power in the in the warp core whenever you can get to it And he's like, I'm out of here
1: right now Captain I'm gonna do it because but he's like he's like he's like listen 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 jordy We already travel nine times the speed of light. We fly from one end of the quadrant to the other almost instantaneously. Right. But gosh darn it! I just can't help but wish we could fly a little <laughs> more instantaneously. Right. And and then Jordy gets up and does it. But what does he I, do? I mean, we we talked about in in Deja Q how they spend a lot of time just like pushing right. buttons you know glass buttons they're not even pushing buttons they're touching a screen and what does he do touch the yeah, screen yeah, hard he like can't
0: phone that one in what kills me though is that they are trying to speed the ship up all the time to get to nowhere they're never getting off of the ship it's there's so many episodes where they are just on the ship all the time so it's like what is the point of
1: going faster anyways and laforge gets it up to right. 96% like in the next Pretty scene good. he's like you got up to 96% and it made me think about Kern last episode, where Kern was like, you know, uh, a touring engineering all the time for Worf's Fitness. brother. And everyone was like, man, yeah, Worf's brother. Right. And Kern was uh, a Klingon who was on the Enterprise for an officer exchange thing. And Geordi was like, man, Kern keeps coming in there and like, you know, busting our chops like we're not doing anything. It's like, well, apparently you weren't. You could have been getting 3% more efficiency out of these engines, pal. And all it took was, like, someone going, hey, you want to do it? And he's like, yeah, okay, next scene, boom, it's <laughs> no, done. I never thought about it. Hey, Captain, are you, Captain? You want me to, you want me to get up to 97? I could do that, too. You just yeah, let me to I mean, all
0: you had to do was ask, Captain, if you wanted me to go faster. I mean, I just thought going 92% of, uh, you know, Warp 9 was pretty goddamn good.
1: Yeah, I thought going nine times faster than the speed of light was impressive enough, but now we can go times faster how does that curl your hair there picard oh my i know patrick stewart also does a good job with this because he doesn't go overboard he's pretty subtle about it and it's really just the things he's doing that make no sense right right and that's what sets everyone off it's not like he's stupid picard or even cloud picard he's just kind of like Oh, you know, uh, uh, Jordy, you think you could do that for me, buddy? (laughs) And everyone's like, whoa, man, he's, like, being way too nice to us. What's that about? He's treating us like human beings. What the hell? I haven't told that kid to shut up in the whole hour, man. He he's a doppelganger because, Wesley, Wesley, please tell me more. (laughs) What was was that you were saying, young crusher? I'd like to hear more. It sounds jolly good.
0: It is. He does a good job, and I like that it's uh, it's simple things and he actually did it in the Times squared episode two even though we we think that that other picard was so silly but he does create a character here and he did then too i mean i really felt like i was watching two different people and brent spiner does this too when he plays lore i really quickly believe that he is this person
1: speaking of two people i'd like to talk about Two very special people who have dinner together in this episode. Oh, yeah, Mama. And I'm talking about Captain John Johnny Boy Luke oh, yeah.
0: Light those candles, Bev.
1: And the beautiful, intelligent, talented Beverly Crusher.
0: Ooh. I feel like we should play some piano music here or something. I like this part. This is the last time they hooked up or pretended like they were going to hook up was in episode two i think the one where they got all wacky on that goofy juice they were sniffing <laughs> wacky on the goofy remember juice. that bev i was all hot and bothered for you and then and then remember when we went into the sam spade novel and i was like hey maybe back to my office if you know what i mean
1: next time on Sttngs, not another star trek podcast The crew gets wacky on the Goofy
0: Juice. Bev, when you're done toking that thing, hand it over to your captain, all right? Don't bogot that roach. Hold on. Hey, hey, where's Nancy Reagan? Anybody see Nancy? Dave?
1: (laughs) Just say no. Just say no to the wacky juice, Dave. The thing is, we used to have this romantic tension, so... You're gonna to have to take that part out where you said the last time is the second episode because it went on. It's like the first I know, season. There I know, was but always I, What I meant point. was
0: that the, it, didn't, it never get it was there, but they actualize it only in that. Oh, the threat of coitus. Yeah. You mean the
1: threat of of em- yeah, coitus? The, yeah, that is in the second episode. Okay,
0: I meant the 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 yeah the idea that they would actually hook up and and it's weird because they play this game with Riker and Troy all the time when Riker starts meeting you know space alien women you know supposedly they had a relationship or they do have a relationship but they have an understanding or whatever the hell is going on between the two of them this is something that the show seems to be able to absorb they're saying to us Riker's a player and he's misbehaving and we're supposed to think it's fun to watch him be such a cad but and Picard is not going to have a relationship like that with Beverly and then date other people and I understand this, it can't be the same thing
1: but at the same time, I mean Well, it's not and it's not the same thing because Riker and Troy, we know, actually had a relationship, a romantic relationship. That's why he is her Imzadi. But Bev and Jean Luc, as far as we know, have never had a romantic relationship. They just have some serious sexual right. tension um because the three of them were friends back when Jack Crusher was alive until Picard killed him. Right. And not for some purpose. reason that sort of complicates right. Well, no, not on purpose. Granted, not on purpose. He's like, hurry up, Crusher. Hurry up. Come through the door before I close it. He's like, I'm coming, John Luke. Don't close. Hey, John Luke. John Luke. All right. Close. God damn it. So, Oh, sorry. I, I had to close it. It was an emergency. Jack, as you're dying there, let me
0: guarantee you something. Your son's going to have much longer legs. Thanks to your Beverly Crusher. He'll be able to outrun when I have to lock him into a thing.
1: Don't worry. Johnny's going to be hooking up with some chicks. He's going to be hooking up next episode. That's where I guess I was going. Is that, oh, next episode he does? Next episode he's hooking up. And I don't. Bev also has some Bev gets some action too here before too long. I don't totally
0: agree, but I can see why they don't want to sustain a relationship on a show like this. You have other shows where people have spouses and they live together and they have relationships. It's happened on lots of shows for some reason in outer space, it's just that's a thing that doesn't seem to be possible to happen, even though you have all of these people on a spaceship together doing nothing but being inside a spaceship together why can't these people hook up have relationships break up or stay together whatever i just don't understand why that doesn't happen on the on this show
1: that's a very good question it would be happening they have this great little dinner and they even you know they're going back and forth and, and the question at least why they can't be together is because bev just says you know I'm good. I'm good with how it right. is. They've known each other for a long time. We know painfully little about how they know each other and what works other than Jack Crusher was involved. Sure. At least she gets to say, because he says, you know, I've made some bad choices. And she's like, you know, I made choices too, guy. Listen here, Johnny, I made my choices too. And, you know, I'm just comfortable with how it works because he's like, would it help if I wasn't your commanding officer? Listen tonight, tonight, you, the captain, if
0: you know what I mean. I will be the doctor, all right?
1: we'll, We'll exchange our calm badges just for tonight, all right, Bev? Dr. Crusher, I know you just had to give me my annual physical, but I don't remember it involving a colonoscopy before. Oh, that was just recreational, Johnny.
0: Usually, Bev, I ask Dr. Salah to perform the prostate exam this year. I don't mind asking if you wouldn't mind doing it yourself. You, do you know what I mean? I need to crush his
1: touch. We know that at the end of uh, all good things, they've been married and divorced because it Bev didn't work out. Jean- whatever. I want to see them come together and be a couple. I, that's so badly. all I'm saying.
0: I, I mean, like, I just want to say this. I agree with you. I just want to say that I, what I like about that scene though, is that Beverly despite the fact that she doesn't know this is an imposter, they enable her to to set her own path and not be influenced by a, a, a Jean-Luc who's going to romance her. Instead, she's strong enough as a character to, to make a decision not even based on Jean-Luc's actions. And I like that. I think that that was a good turn for her character in a show that's often weak on women making smart decisions
1: for themselves i was very happy that she was sort of pushing back on that yeah. role at the end though when double picard just tells her you know okay i guess we're done get the <laughs> fuck out you know just go bye felicia time for you to go i love that scene and she's so she doesn't know what to do she's just so like huh uh, what did i stutter well, then we get the lovely ten forward scene where he comes in and and buys right. drinks for. Which again, I don't understand. He says ales for everyone. I mean, do, are they paying for them? Uh, Why is that such a big it. deal? He's just like everyone have an ale. I'm going to give you a free replicated drink that you don't even want. <laughs> it's time for the free synthahall. It tastes like piss. It'll make you Rike. piss. Now let's have sing. You ever had Andorian near beer. It's delicious. So then they start singing yeah. and they're, they're singing like a, a a sea shanty or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so I don't even know what to call it. You know what it reminded me of,
0: though, is that is I don't know if you remember Star Trek five and the scene where the three very old dudes were supposed to believe go camping together. And this is a thing they do sometimes. Yes. And this is uh, Shatner McCoy and <laughs> Kirk McCoy and Spock. You know, Yosemite camping together and they sing a song and they're going to sing a campfire song. And the song that they sing in the 24th century is Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And like of all the songs they they could come out. Of all the songs that didn't have a copyright attached to them, I guess, that's the song that they could sing. And they're doing it like in rounds. And it's Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And that's what that scene reminded me of. It's like, everyone, everyone, do you know this old earth song? It's called Row, Row, Row Your Boat. On the second row, I want you here on the left-hand side of Tenfo And everyone whoopee you too. I want you to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And when we'll, we'll all end with Gently Down the Stream. Gently down the
1: stream. Captain, a warrior does not go gently down the (laughs) stream. A warrior goes aggressively up the stream. You, wolf, you're you're on, you'll sing,
0: you'll start with me, okay? Row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. Gently down the stream. Merrily,
1: merrily, merrily, merrily. Life, it's but a dream. So, meanwhile, while all this chicanery is going on, on board the Enterprise, we have Picard in his in his escape room.
0: Oh, yeah. With he's, with Mr. Well, Thal, Cadet there, Haro, huh? and S. Oh, my Esauk. God, I feel like he's been in there forever. Yeah, yeah, you totally forgot well, about I that. I kind of wanted to
1: because this episode <laughs> dragged for me, man. I was like, ugh. But what about those jelly pucks that they have for food? Those little little pucks of jelly that, that Esau can't like. They were like... jello but they made them with
0: a lot of extra gelatin when you make it like that it's like very gluey
1: it it was gross i wonder if it was a semi-organic nutrient suspension in a silicon-based liquid medium
0: don't start passing that shit again data wait till the credits roll
1: please hold it together (laughs) then we're told that asa can't eat it it would have been good if like picard would have been look i try very hard to stay regular i need fiber I can't eat this. There's no fiber. Don't you have any oatmeal or some flaxseed? Don't you have any flippin' metamucil in space? Somebody get me a celery. (laughs) I'm big on the roughage. Anyone enjoy a bit of root? Yeah, we end up with a with a mutiny, and I do like the mutiny scene. L-
0: listen, my my fine gentlemen, we we must break out of this cage. We can't be stuck here all episode. Somebody's up there banging my future Mrs.
1: ex wife, <laughs> and 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 getting out of the room. They all have to right. work together. It's actually really a lot like an escape room because you got to work together in an escape room in order to Ooh. get out. Only this is the dumbest escape room. At least an escape room is interesting. Right. And has several artifacts for you to play with. This just has a door and a glass panel.
0: It was all a test based, you know, kind of they were basing assumptions on these certain types of people and how they would or wouldn't work together. I like the way Picard outsmarted the situation, but I, I, I wish he would outsmart something that was a little more exciting than this. That's the thing. I mean, having one of the most dynamic actors ever
1: being trapped in a room is a very boring thing to watch for for me. I do have to call out the mutiny scene, though, because I really liked it. I I think Frakes does a great job in it. When Riker and Picard go into Picard's ready room, they have some nice camera work. I mean, there's at one point where they're both men are in profile and they're kind of facing off against each other. You know, Riker's like, look, we, this isn't right. What you're doing is wrong. You're risking the crew. It's a doppelganger, of course, Picard. So he's pushing back. You know, number one, maybe you need to get some rest, which was kind of the same thing he was saying in in Lonely Among Us. He was like telling the crew, you know, maybe you need some rest or maybe you need to get a doctor's. Maybe a doctor needs to look over you. Maybe you're the flipping doppelganger, number one. But Riker does that thing we just saw Picard do in The Offspring, and we didn't talk about it much in The Offspring, but belay that order. God damn it. I love belay that order. And it's like the fuck you of command. Belay that ship, order. Right. Well, ca- Picard can't say it. Yeah, No. No. So so Picard's like, you know, move us close to that pulse, saw even closer so it's even more dangerous. And Riker just gives him that belay that right, order. I like that. Hold
0: on a second. Did everyone hear that? There's a lot of command pressure in that situation where Riker has to step up and basically go against what he could be his captain, but he feels like he's not working right. But this is exactly what Riker should be doing. What else is
1: he there for? And then and then, Worf with his hands behind his back. He's like, yeah, man, I'm not listening to you. His reaction versus Wesley's reaction where he's just kind of like looking around going, oh, what am I supposed to do? Should I listen to my dad or should I listen to my other dad? Which dad should I listen one, to?
0: Any one of you two big jerks going to be my dad at any point? Or am I going to have to skedaddle off
1: of this ship with that bald traveler? And, you know, again, it's a weird moment, too, because Data doesn't do I know, anything. Data just kind of sits there and he's just like, well. Good luck, fleshbags. bags. I hope you're able to work this out. It does make you wonder, though. Like, Data is
0: a living thing. He doesn't want to be burnt up by that star, and he got he has to know that that's wrong. I mean, I kind of think Data would take action at any moment and say, "Excuse me, dummy. Let me pilot the shit out of the ship." I feel like Data's just always ready to jump
1: in and fix crap at the last minute when he's dumb. No, no, no. Data, Data is ready. After remember in the high ground when Picard got like right. kidnapped. He, he punches that guy and then he gets yeah. zapped away. And then like 20 minutes later, <laughs> Data jumps into the know, scene. But- that's what would happen. Like the ship would be burning up and then Data would go, huh? I, I mean, I guess you could say that. I, I
0: hear I feel like Data could be more active. But then when you think about Data's story arc and how he dies, I mean, I guess that's kind of what happens to Data. He's not as active or proactive as he could be.
1: The final bit is the the aliens who are doing this testing. They're doing this out of curiosity. The escape room is because they're curious. The doppel picard is because they're curious. I just want to learn. I mean, they're basically, it's like, what if McGillum were, like, creepy? What, what color are the jumpsuits? They're, like,
0: kind of purplish, sparkly purplish.
1: Like, purple jumpsuit. What if McGillum was, like, played by Siegfried and Roy? That is my take on this. What? Because you look at those suits, and they're so stupid, right? Those are the stupidest looking suits. And I think the masks are good. <laughs> I really like the masks, even though they have like a bunch of extra nostrils.
0: I don't understand this whole thing. These guys and Q and the Gilem. I mean, isn't there like a questionnaire that you could send out in space? I mean, I'm always filling those out on Earth. Where is the goddamn census report? Can't you just send something out and have people answer questions? Why does there have to be all this poking and prodding of people? Can't you just ask a few goddamn questions? These people have nothing to do but sit around a spaceship all day. They'd answer the questions. Captain, incoming transmission.
1: I'll take it in my ready room. No, you should take it here on the deck so we can okay, all part Bring disguise. it on. It seems here that these mysterious purple-wearing aliens in a jumpsuit would like you to answer the following. All right. You like being in command. Strongly agree. Agree. Neutral. Kind of disagree. Strongly disagree. I hate these things. <laughs> They would like to know how likely you are to use their escape room again. All right, very likely, likely, oh. Oh. <laughs> neutral. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh,
0: I'll be in my ready room figuring out that flipping two thousand year old theorem. If you don't mind, <laughs> I'd <laughs> rather I'd rather fuck around with a the solved theorem than listen to this data. Yeah, and then- Fill in the rest of the answers, just multiple choice the shit out of them.
1: E, 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 E. <laughs> bigga, bigga, bigga. I've chosen every answer to be C. Right. Bigga, bigga, bigger. And then there's that silent communication thing where they end up trapping the aliens in the force field. And I, at first I thought, oh, man, this is kind of right. cool. Because when Ooh, you watch yeah. it a couple of times... You see Patrick Stewart's really subtle about it. He kind of gives right. Frakes a look. It's just like, hey, hey, huh. Trap these d- dickheads. But how is that look, trap these dickheads? And, and how exactly does that I, work? Yeah. Do they... Did they say is it like? Listen, listen, crew. Just in case I ever get kidnapped by aliens and I have the aliens on the bridge and I need you to right. trap the aliens, I'm going to give you this look. This is
0: a look. When I look at you like this, it's me, okay? It's no, no doppelganger. Look at uh, 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 Jonathan. Look into my eyes. Look at me. No doppelganger would look at you like this. Do you see, Sir Pat, looking at you? That's the Sir Pat. Look, no doppelganger is going to look at you like that. Do you know what I mean? And then
1: you know what to do, right? But then what if he's just looking at you like, can you believe these assholes? <laughs> look at these jerks, These are all I
0: can see Jonathan Frank, I mean, uh, pa, uh, <laughs> Riker jumping up going, what is it, Cap? Uh, sorry, I listen. Usually I step out when I have to uh, let one go. But that uh, Earl Grey sometimes gets to me if you know what I mean. That jelly puck has given my tummy the rumbles. <laughs> I was dipping it in my Earl Grey this morning. I thought maybe that would taste better than some of the synthetic bullshit that they serve to us around here. I mean, how do you know that that it's that look for that situation? I, I, all I'm I, saying. I liked it. I, I just liked that. You know what I liked was that we were almost out of the episode when that was <laughs> happening and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, come on, guys, get get this thing moving. Whatever you have to do to get these aliens trapped do it i like that they were doing it and then they, what i like is that that when the stupid aliens get trapped the aliens are like stop it stop it it's torture we can't be confined like this and it's like uh, every other race is okay with being confined and trapped and tortured but except these idiots uh, it doesn't make any sense we don't like it it's like come on butcher. Right. Uh, have a taste of your own medicine bottles how do you think i felt with that guy with the goddamn teeth scritching my back the whole time uh, in that little room
1: i gotta be honest with you yeah. commander davy dave i think we have done this episode as thank much God. i i like as oh we thank can you do. thank you i feel like we just
0: ran a, a marathon finally we're at the end of it and i'm i'm hoping that captain's holiday has got a little easier to consume i'm ready to be out of this one i had fun enjoying it with you andrew i had a good time cosplaying with you
1: Gosh, me too. And you're right. Next time we have even more Picard. If you didn't get enough Picard with Picard and Picard, then don't worry, because here comes Picard and Captain's Holiday introduces us to uh, Jennifer Mm. Hetrick as the character Vosh, who was just a character that that grates on me in ways I can't even begin to describe. But but we will be able to quote unquote enjoy her debut right. next time.
0: She returns more than once, doesn't
1: she? Uh she's got a couple episodes in her, yeah. Yeah, mm. unfortunately. And I think she gets a little Picard in her Ooh, too, if you know what I mean. That's nasty. And and if you can't get enough, even after yes. this adventure, if you cannot get enough of us, you can always head over to TNGs.com. dot com. dot com where you'll find some wonderful art some blog entries, yes. all of our wonderful episodes, all ready for you to listen and All of and those love. things. You can hit us up on the Facebook, on the Instagram, on the YouTube. Give it some thought. Really stop for a minute and say to yourself, hey, maybe I should subscribe to this podcast. Or maybe I should just, I don't know, like oh it. Oh, my God. We would really appreciate it. It means a lot. So thank you very much for listening. I'm Ambassador Andrew. And I'm Commander Dave E. Dave. And that's our episode for tonight. Let's go mind the store. No doppelgangers were harmed in the making of this episode.
0: One more time with feeling, dummy. Oh, uh, here. Here. here God here, goddammit. Here. Listen. Come here. Oh,
1: Oh, shut up, Picard. Just shut up. Wow. Did you have to sit down and kind of catch your breath with all these Jean-Luces, jean Lucing? I mean, that's like two one-man shows. Or is it one two-man shows? Or I don't know. Those double shows always fudge with my head. Captain Picard has encountered so many foes in season three already. There have been entities, Husnoks, Romulans, douds, and another entity, doppelgangers, Nanites, Asters, booby traps, <laughs> booby Rawls. Hey, Mama, ensigns, ensign dues. Q an, another entity alternate enterprises android daughters and klingons so many klingons ooh that's exhausting no wonder jean-luc needs a space holiday on this next episode of STTNG's not another star trek podcast <laughs> I need to crush his touch. How does that? How does that? uh see. How does that? Uh, God damn it. How, how, how do, it's like, how does
0: that pop uh, your socks? I can't that, even think of a, something. How, how,
1: like curl your hair, Picard, or something like that. Excuse me, Beverly. I've noticed that your fingers are as long as your legs. I was wondering if you could reach up to my prostate and then out my tonsils. <laughs> it sounds like it would hurt so good, Bev. The, you know what? I... Excuse me, excuse me, Bev. I want to sing soprano in the ship choir. Could you do my prostate exam for Listen, me,
0: Bev? I don't know if you've ever listened to the opening of the first season of the original show. <laughs> Have you ever heard that
1: lady? <laughs> Everyone thinks it was a f- opera singer but it was actually Nimoy doing a prostate exam on shot have you ever heard that have you ever heard that lady scream